Welcome back to yet another edition of the Mophies as we tackle Joe Dante's Homecoming, episode six of season one of Masters of Horror. So we are right smack in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this aired, I should have found the air date because I think it's probably of interest. Oh, um, I just had it. Hold on. Uh, um, December 2nd, 2005. Uh, September's? No. December 2nd? December 2nd, 2005. That makes sense. Um, So the... You might call this one a little bit um, political. A little bit? I mean, I don't want to make broad generalizations here, but, you know, I'm just going to throw that there. I think you would also... This is probably the first straight-out comedy of of this season. Might be the only. I don't remember. Um, But this is a story that is really not meant to scare you. It is meant to... I think be funny, but also to just be very, very, very clear about its politics. Um, And it is really interesting to revisit this because I think one of the things I just had to keep in mind watching this was, remember, in 2005, this stuff wasn't being said in the media the way it, it really is today. That, to my memory, this is the first bit of entertainment that I remember that was just blatantly saying this war is crazy and George Bush should not be in office. And now you had this out there, but in terms of a, a movie made to say it and to address it, I feel like this really might have been one of the first of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you tell everybody the plot of Homecoming? So I had never seen this one. Oh, um, I thought you had. No. This was one, even Zach remembers as somebody who didn't watch this show, but they pushed this one hard. Yeah. Like, this was one that they were like, this is the episode to check out. Um, and I get why. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had never seen this. I didn't know that this was a monkey paw situation. Yep. Which, honestly, I don't know why more stories aren't monkey paws, but <laughs> that's fine. I think that Joe Dante is uniquely qualified to monkey paw because there's something absurd about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people spent spend too much time trying to explain the monkey paw like how it pawed but i like that that <laughs> no one explains this which is great yeah there's, there's um, you don't need it and again it's an hour you don't need that much you don't i don't need it to be explained you know what this is the life we live now this is the reality we mm-hmm. live so there's a dude who's like i i'm i have questionable politics i'm clearly a republican i work for the president i guess um And I am going to go on a Larry King-like show, whatever that show was supposed to be like, I don't know, and say that that veterans are great, and I wish, if I had one wish, they would come back and be great, or whatever he says. Um, I watched, literally watched it an hour and a half ago. I can't remember what he said. (laughs) But that's the effect. The idea is there, yeah. Basically, it's like, hey, it would be cool if all these veterans could come back and say that they supported this war is effectively what he was saying. Right. Monkey paw. That was the finger moving. We, they all come back, but they are not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Or, or rather, you know what? They, they're very Joe Dante, really good director. But anyways, they're, they're very much like, Oh, well, some people were into the war. They just didn't come back. So it's the people, the only, the only zombies that came, zombie soldiers that came back weren't into the war. They thought it was bad. 
So I, they were like, they weren't making a broad statement somehow, which I thought was weird. Like, there was not a sweeping statement about everyone who fought and died. Which maybe also was a way of not necessarily, um, how do I say it? Of Because when you're dealing with politics like that, one of the things I think that you always have to be like cautious about is to separate the soldier from the war right mm-hmm. that the men and women who who go off and fight are are to be respected are to be you know admired in many ways for for what they're doing it's the system that you know if you're looking at it the way i look at it the way you probably look at it of but the war is bullshit um it's one of, I think, the biggest divides, one of the biggest issues we have when we talk about that politically is that sense of it sounds like liberals are attacking the individual men and women who are doing this, when in reality mm-hmm. it's, and I think that's something that this show is very clear about is, no, 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 it's the system, it is these people that are sitting back in suits and making these decisions for the young people that have to go off and actually do this and die. So I wonder if the way they throw in, oh, not every soldier came back to vote. Some of them didn't. And that's because they were probably satisfied when they died that they were doing the right thing. The ones who came back were the ones who died thinking, why did I sign up for this war? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just kind of Dante's way of not just saying, making a broad statement about how every soldier in the Iraq war doesn't actually want to be there. Yeah. I thought that that was, like, nuanced and good mm-hmm. and stuff. I know that he, Joe Dante, is, can, can be absurdist and over-the-top and goofy, but, like, I feel like that was well-wrangled. Yep. So so you have all these, these soldier zombies that want to come back and, and vote, which is... All of this is wild to say out loud. Um, this is this was an episode of television. They yep. want to come back and vote, and it's all like the politics behind that. Like, well, yeah, let them come back and vote because they're soldiers. They're Americans. And they, they're they have Americans. the right to do that. And then they were like, oh, they're not voting for the person we want them to vote for. They're demons. They right. get no vote. And I was like, mm, this is very on the nose, but I like it. Oh, me too. Oh, this I is... Did- Without any doubt, this is complete. I mean, you have a character who is Ann Coulter, plain and simple. Uh, yeah. um, you have a character who is Jerry Falwell, plain and simple. And the 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 obviousness of it, I think, in 2005 is fine because people weren't doing it. And so for Dante to come out and be like, hey, I have this opportunity. I've, I've been given a small budget and one hour to tell any story I want for Showtime. All it has to do, I I was told it had to be horror. That's it. So you know what I'm going to do? I am going to make a political statement and I'll just use zombies because that's easy because everybody gets zombies. And I think that's kind of brilliant. Yes. It's really, I mean, it, I, 2005 me might've been like, oh, this is kind of on the nose. Like, this is a little too. But, like, now I'm like, give me on the nose. I don't fucking care. Like, and I don't even know that you... I mean, I remember watching it when it aired and, like, thinking it was on the nose, but also being like, can you believe they're doing this? Yeah. Because it wasn't being done. It. I think there was still... And they never name Bush in this episode, but it is... And I don't even think they say Iraq, but the whole episode is just so everything within it is very much of 
well, no, this is 2004, 2005. This is exactly the situation we're in. And, and that wasn't happened. Like people still hadn't gotten over being respectful of the president after nine 11. Like yeah. there was still this sense of we're complaining and you're writing op-eds about it, but not to the way where today we just immediately you'll have an SNL sketch about it, you know, yesterday about something that happened. I do think, and I meant to kind of do a deeper dive of like what other media out there was doing this at the time to see if there was. And I, I, I didn't get you, but I remember this being very like, oh, do people know this is on? Because it feels like it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you hide political messaging and, and anti-war sentiment has been hidden in horror since Forever. horror yeah. was horror and this was just very explicit <laughs> yeah and i kind so, of like, love it, that like i feel yeah, like I th- this kind of justifies masters of horror existing in some ways because yeah. it is just I, that it exact played opportunity really well for me it played like i was shocked at how well i responded to it um it was it, it like not personally obviously dreams in witch house is like like gonna be my favorite i think mm-hmm. because i i like the storytelling and i like how small it was and i there was a lot of things it's a that really well made my, hour of tv yeah yeah i it appealed to my aesthetic but this might be like the um without a doubt like i can't argue that this is the best one mm-hmm. yeah well we'll see because there's still like one or two that i remember really liking Same. yeah um and i think this one and so it's Joe Dante, who we didn't overly talk about, but is Joe Dante a master of, of horror? I would say so. Yeah, sure. But, like, he's, like, weird and, like, other yeah. stuff, too. It's well, cool. And that's Joe the glory Dante's of cool. Joe Like, what I think has always been so great about him is there's, like, this um, this cartoonishness and this – but this – within that is this really smart satire, right? I mean, Gremlins is – scary and funny and also about commercialism uh you know you you have that in all of his movies like he is saying something with everything um but not but also in a way where it's really entertaining and like this Mm -hmm. is the guy that made matinee which is like a joy and also has things to say about the 50s and um so it's i mean he he was such a a charm i think or is he's still alive right he didn't die recently yeah yeah no no somebody died recently that i always confuse with judge i can't think of who it was oh larry cohen that's yeah. i mix the two up in my mind sometimes um but yeah he he has a very specific touch and a very specific style and i love that he gets to use that here in a way we, we haven't quite seen him do yeah, um, this was also, I was just looking, it, it's, ba- it's there's a short story it's based on, but mm-hmm. the teleplay is the dude who wrote the Tim Burton Batmans. Interesting, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's it's well written, and I can get, I can get behind, like, if you're not like, oh, I don't really, this is too political, it's too on the nose, as I said, it's too zany, it's too, it, it, it does this thing, but this is Joe Dante shit, where it's like, absurdist and zany and then like painfully earnest yes and i fucking love that yeah it's a great juxtaposition and it like 
it doesn't it never undercuts itself no, which i no. think is really hard to do yeah like you're it's never like slapstick comedy and now i feel something like it, <laughs> it like its emotions feel genuine which i which i appreciate and there are some like sad parts of this and, and I, there are some yeah. goofy parts <laughs> well i think there's it does something really interesting with its lead Right. So the lead is, I guess, John Tenney, I think, is the actor. And he's playing essentially like uh, I'm trying to think of like who the equivalent is. It's the guy that you never hear talk himself. Like it's he's like the speechwriter. He's the political advisor. So, you know, he goes he gives an interview that's great. And the whole point of the success of it is, oh, great. Now the president can use your soundbite for himself. Like and there's a sense of, you know, that this character like he knows that he's fully self-aware of we're doing some really evil shit here. Um, but whatever, it's what we have to do for the country. And so when badder things start happening and when he starts to realize like, you know what, this is wrong. Like it's more interesting because you've started somebody from the point of being so kind of amoral of, yeah, it's yeah. wrong, but it, it's what we have to do to no, Now I'm actually putting my foot down and it is a good character development within this hour. And by this point, it's probably not even 40 minutes into it where you feel like, oh, this character, I've seen his journey and it's not predictable. It's actually different from what I would normally get where you'd either have, you know, a, a good guy. Like it's he's an he's an interestingly gray hero. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And like somebody that you want to follow along and somebody that you want to be like, well, I, I hope he does better. Yeah. Or, yeah. You, you know, and that again, not easy to do. No, no. Yeah. And, and you have a great Robert Picardo here. And I, I love him in this. I think he, he's having fun um, playing yes. essentially like the, I guess kind of Carl Rove character. And he's dastardly and evil he's but he's delivering it so well and it's it is you know kind of awful to watch because it's so political and you're so sitting there thinking this is probably what goes on behind closed doors yeah but it's also robert picardo doing it so it's entertaining um yeah and he he's in it's again in, in, a, in a good bit of conscious storytelling like you have your character who goes on a journey but then you have your your actual villain like your static yep. i mean we haven't talked about the woman whose name i don't remember off the top of my head but he's he is a static villain which yes. is wonderful because I, I i get like a i get a guy on a journey but i also get like a mustache twirling bad guy mm -hmm. yeah. who's like fuck these dead dummies <laughs> i'm like whoa man <laughs> I mean, I guess so, but I like how cartoonishly evil it is because I also felt like, yeah, sometimes these people in real life come off as cartoonishly, like, yeah. ridiculously evil, and I liked that. Agreed. And I guess so we should talk about, so it's, uh, the character is Jane Cleaver, that's the Anne Culture yeah, there character. Um, Thea Gill uh, plays her. And so, yeah, what were your thoughts on her? I, okay, so... I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> for, I think what I would. I wanted to hear them. But here, so, ugh. If this was a character in a different series, if I hadn't just watched, you know, five other things, yeah. I would have. I would have loved her a lot more. I think. But <laughs> I think because every woman, aside from, from a side character in Dreams of Witch House and the our female protagonist of in, uh, Incident on and off. Yeah. Incident. Yeah. 
all of the women have been terrible. Right. Or, like, disposable. Like, like comically terrible or disposable. Um, she is terrible, but she is so good. Yeah. She's just she's just fucking chewing on scenery, yep. yelling lines, flailing around uh, with a cigarette. It. And it's just like like just calling people pansies. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like she's so awful, but if I can distance myself enough, I see what they're doing and she should be awful and I like how yes. awful she is. She's kind of like cool and weird and but then also i'm like but wait i'm watching masters of horror that hasn't done a great job with female representation and she's like she's like a caricature of a bad woman she likes she likes dangerous sex and she's aggressive (laughs) i'm just like okay maybe it's a little much (laughs) i didn't mind it because again i i do see your point because i I mean, I think the conclusion we're going to get at the end of the series is, boy, these men don't know what to do with women. But I feel like this this is the exception because that's exactly. I mean, she's she's playing Ann Coulter, and I think, and she's not dumb, which I think is very important. The character herself is ambitious, and she is trying. She's you know she's she she's smart enough to know I need to get something out of this guy. Which is, what am I doing wrong? I'm not appealing to all the demographics I want to appeal to. What am I doing wrong? And he teaches her and he coaches her and all of that. And, like, there's that great line when, you know, she's saying, like, her, her bigger ambitions. She's like, I'm not going to be 35 forever. He's like, you're 41. She's like... That was so funny. It's perfect because you get it. And and it says also so much of the character because you understand, like, well, yeah, this is, you know, and, I mean, Ann Coulter is a, is a heinous cunt who should be set on fire. Um... But you you also have to say, like, well, she she understood a game to play and she played that game. And there's a reason we talk about her and why we don't talk about other people that are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think what this character gets across is this, you know, th- that she is a caricature that she believes these things, but that she also is doing is doing them in a way because she knows that's what she needs for her brand, and it's yep. believable, and it worked for me. So, yeah, I wish this hadn't been a part. I wish we hadn't seen what we had seen. Right, so many of and, these episodes, yeah, going fresh because, like, yeah, it was. I it's it's that thing. Uh, people have said it different ways, but like it's not okay that only that black people are only judges in shows. Right. Right. Oh, we can't show a black person be a human. They have yeah. to be like, they're a judge right. and they're good. They're not criminals. You racist. Like, Oh, okay. But so I don't ever want to be that person. That's like a woman has to be good because that's stupid. Of course she sure. doesn't, but it just, it's like, right. Oh, when we've boy. had so many of so these. much. Yeah. So <laughs> much, but I did like her. And in the context of this alone, yeah. I thought the character was awesome and she did a great job. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think there's also heart to it. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. that very kind of sweet scene where the soldier, because there is, like you're saying, the monkey's paw aspect. Um, have you ever seen Bob Clark's Death Dream? No. Oh, it's so good. It is a monkey's paw adaptation and it is set during Vietnam and it's a mother has wished her son to come back and he comes back, but he's dead and he's a soldier and it's beautiful and it's very sad. And that's, you know, there's a scene that's, that kind of reminds me of that, of the soldier that ends up in a diner with these two people that sit there and feed him. And it's just this very, like, it's the case of where we're saying with all, most of these episodes have had filler, have had, 
Um, things that we don't understand why they're an hour long, if they could have been a tight 42 minutes, if they cut out subplots or things that didn't add up to anything. And in this scene, you have a scene that that doesn't mean anything in the context of the rest of the show, right? Mm -hmm. If this story is soldiers coming back to take charge. And so you have this, just this very brief scene of kindness of these two people sitting there and feeding him and talking to him and there's a dog so of course that gets me and it's just very sweet and it it just kind of adds this other aspect not to the story but to kind of the overall theme of of things that you can you know yes everything in a short form entertainment should should be there for a reason but sometimes if you do it well the reason doesn't have to be the plot no, exactly. It's world building. Yeah. It's establishing characters. It's establishing it. It's like, especially because I would argue that if this was a smaller scale story, like a lot of our other stories have been about like a guy doing a thing, mm-hmm. like I would say this was a waste of time, but because this is a, this is a, this is happening in the country everywhere. I'm talking about this city and that city and right. this. It was big. It was a big scale. So yeah, show me. The this world. is one of my arguments about Star Wars. It's fucking the the it's a war in the stars and they never tell me how everybody is doing. Mm-hmm. Like I never just check in on a random planet yeah, and yeah. be like, "Oh, this is how it's affecting them." Um but so I want to check in in this rando place in america about how people actually view this because it's relevant to the story absolutely yeah oh it was so good it It was was. so good yeah can i also say that i think this might be our first master of horror where black people have speaking roles oh my god um i can't think of anybody else i'm trying to go through them i think you are right and that is it's it's very sad. I'm also very sad because I realize I di- hadn't noticed that yet, which makes me mad at myself because it, it yeah. shows me that, oh, look, you have a blood spot too. Also, there were not to, I mean, I'm already here, so why not? There were, they said sisters a couple times, um, but they there's not one female soldier. True, true. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, like... And I, I get like, oh, there weren't a lot of female soldiers in the Vietnam. They made a point to tell me it was from this war at the beginning. Yes, that's very true. So like, where where are the women? Because it's just wild erasure, like strange erasure. Like I get that, like maybe like bigger bald dudes and fatigues is like a better image. Yeah, when like- is it possible? And I I don't know this at all, but that the amount of casualties of men might still vastly outweigh women because of who's in combat and who's not. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but you could have thrown one or yeah, two in. No, that's fair. I'm sure. Look, I watch enough Amazing Race. There are women that have seen combat. Like, I know <laughs> it to be true from the Amazing Race. Um, and I don't know. I just was like, meh. Because they they did say, our brothers and sisters and then the You're brave right. men and women, they said it twice. You're and correct. then I was like, where are the women at? Yeah, no, you are correct. So if, but like, but again, look, we, it was 2000-something. Yeah. 2005 or whatever. So, like, yeah. But it, I would like to... I, we should hopefully be better at this point. Agreed. I agree. But I, but I appreciate there were there were there was uh, a black woman in this. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> there, First there we've gotten. Some, yes. There were some black soldiers. Yes. I appreciate that. So, so thanks, Joe Dante's casting people. Um, yeah. 
it's it was, sad but true that we have to point that out but you were absolutely right it was it it had it had been started to become a little too apparent yes yes you that are. that this is how this is this is who's starring in our episodes white men yeah it's, well and who's directing them incident, white men yeah uh, incident I, I get is different and you know what if i could go back in time and re-talk about it I would probably give it a lot more credit, seeing how the rest of these have unraveled. <laughs> when I was like, it would have been nice if she had a little bit more agency. Oh, that, that was like fucking Oscar-worthy <laughs> compared to some of this stuff. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm trying to remember what comes next, and I, I don't have the list in front of me. And of course, um, my DVDs are of no help, because as we've said... What's the, yeah the um so by the way so disc one was uh, chocolate disc three was homecoming weird I know yeah dear woman oh nice. god so dear woman is the John and Max Landis episode never seen it yeah I don't think I have followed by cigarette burns which I have very good memories of me too uh fair haired child which I know I have not seen uh sick girl pick me up heckles tail and somewhere in between or imprint I guess is technically number thirteen. So we get a, I'm not excited about the next episode, but I am about the one after that. So, um, me too. I liked cigarette burns. Um, I remember liking fair haired child, sick girl, any body stuff in it, if I remember. Okay. And body horror makes me uncomfortable. And then pick me up historically is what I will call my favorite, but. I think things have changed. We're going to find out. So when next we meet, we're going to talk Can't about wait. Dear Woman. So prep yourself for that one in whatever way you have to. Uh, but in the I'm meantime... I'm going to be sick for that episode. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to call it sick, you bitch. I'm calling sick. I'm sorry. I have a note from my doctor <laughs> remotely. Um, so do you recommend Homecoming? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%. This is... So far of these, I would say this is probably the one to watch that I think will have the most lasting value in a lot of ways. So, For sure. All right, cool. So on that note, everybody, continue to stay safe and stay indoors and wear your masks and be respectful of others. And now, an explanation of the corrupt bargain which took place in the back halls of Washington while no one was watching. a scheme to keep the power in the hands of the chosen few. John Quincy Adams says, if my dad was president, I should get to be president too. Henry Clay says, I'll make you president if you make me secretary of state. Alexis de Tocqueville says something in French that none of us can translate.
Michel Foucault would have an opinion, but he hasn't been born yet. Jackson is a loser.